Welcome to the Dream Jobbing Podcast. I'm Alex Boylan, winner of The Amazing Race, creator of Around the World for Free, and all-around digital entrepreneur. My co-host is Lisa Hennessy. She is a prolific female executive producer on hit shows like Eco Challenge and The Biggest Loser. She is a global citizen, having mentored hundreds of people around the world. Together, we are the founders of Dream Jobbing, a platform that offers amazing opportunities. Each week, we interview a new inspirational person living their dream and learn how they got there through their successes as well as their failures. As producers, we love a good story, so sit back and enjoy this week's podcast. Welcome to the Dream Jobbing Podcast. We are very lucky to be here with Matt Wells. Thanks for being here, man. Man, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be here. Thanks for having me. This is so good. Matt, uh, if you don't know him, he's actor, broadcaster, musician, TV host. Is there anything you don't do? Um, I will. I will literally do anything for any amount of money. <laughs> like this podcast, I paid him. I, I paid him. Lisa, I paid how him. Much him did you pay him? Uh, t- uh, corona. <laughs> uh, no, thanks a lot for having us on. This podcast is all about telling the story of people living their dream job and talking about the successes, the failures, and, and really their journey to get there. And you've had quite the journey. And so um, maybe we teed up from the beginning. You know, you grew up in Canada, right? In Newfoundland. Yeah. And, I, and walk us through this path. And we'll ch- Lisa and I well, will and actually, like, we like, tell everyone where Newfoundland is. I don't. I don't know if. Yeah. Are... So so Newfoundland is a province in Canada it's uh, it's way east coast um, is a place in Newfoundland uh, called Cape Spear which is the most easternly point in North America and our time zone is four and a half hours ahead of California so in North America uh, Newfoundland is the first place to hit New Year's e- New Year's oh, and I've nice. never understood that because there's a place in India that's like on the half an hour yeah so how I'd, does that work and I, why, I, who I don't decided I'm not that? really sure I'd have I'd have to go <laughs> back through confusing. my Newfoundland history but I'm not really <laughs> sure but yeah I grew up in um I was born in a town called Mount Pearl which is right next to St. John's which is the major city and and Newfoundland because it's an island you didn't get a lot of big concerts right anything that was touring through Canada would stop in Montreal maybe Nova Scotia because you can't bring all that production on a ferry mm-hmm. and across and it was just too expensive so traditionally in Newfoundland, because it's so geographically isolated and, and through the years also sort of like socially isolated, you know, before the dawn of the Internet, mm-hmm. um, they what we did was we made our own entertainment. And that's why Newfoundlanders are born sort of storytellers. Uh, m- the arts and, and, and music is very rich there. And um, because of our Irish and English and French roots, it's just like we're mutts we're in, in the best possible way. And so for me growing up, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 80s and I, and I grew up in the dawn of sort of MTV, music television. And so I got to have a little bit more of, you know, finding who my idols might be than my parents did, you know, because I all of a sudden had a, a, this different sort of reach to the world. Um, but I never really aspired to break outside of Newfoundland. Like, I, I never really thought about moving out of there. It was like I was going to finish high school and I was going to go to university and do business and be a lawyer. That's literally what I thought I was going to do. Well, um, if you studied business, I don't know if you'd be a lawyer, but just, yeah. just, just details. I didn't know what I was going to do. Well, no, I was <laughs> I'm just I'd kidding. Because I'd have to do my business degree and get my law degree. <laughs> Obviously, why I, I chose music to tell right now. Good choice, Matt. So. I was going to university to be business slash lawyer. <laughs> I ended up getting like getting close to a, a minor in philosophy, so I can tell you where my brain was. Um, and I jo- then I joined a band. And we're, now, was music growing up prior to this, like high school, middle school? Were you? Um, my dad 
my dad was in bands growing mm-hmm. up and he was a singer and he took me to see Tina Turner and Huey Lewis. These are some of the concerts that did make make it out in the 80s and Huey in Lewis in the 80s. They were yeah. they were it. And so um and I got to interview Huey many years later. A funny story. Yeah. But uh um so I, I did have music in me, and because it's Newfoundland, like traditional traditional Newfoundland Irish music is a big part of our culture and part of our life. So I definitely, you know, we grew up in a culture where the party would always end up in the kitchen, and someone would always pick up a guitar, or someone would always pick up a mandolin or, or banjo, and they'd always be singing traditional Newfoundland songs. But I ended up being in a band that was really, really heavy, <laughs> which is not considered mm-hmm. uh, native Newfoundland music. Meaning heavy metal? It was like very hard rock. It started mm-hmm. out as like metal sort of riffs, and it mm-hmm. was more hardcore and punk inspired. Um, you don't seem like an angry type to me. Yeah, I, I, I could get there, but it was more <laughs> it was more passion than anger. But I definitely it was definitely a good outlet for a lot of that kind of stuff. And I was literally um, in. I remember being sitting in class one day. I think it was like an anthropology class or something, like an elective. And I'd start, well, I just joined this band, and we're getting a little bit of success, and the kids were coming out to watch us, and we, we had... What was the name of the band? Bucket Truck. Bucket <laughs> Truck, I laugh. Cause who, who named that? I was, I, the band was already named before I got, <laughs> got in the band. And what, what, what were you in the band? I was a singer. Okay. And um, literally, we started to get some local fame. Um, you know, but we hustle. Like it was my first thought. At like, oh, I'm, this is something I like, and I'm. Uh, I think I could be good at it. So we were hawking our, ta- our our CD to like the radio station, and then all of a sudden we got on a couple big local shows where big Canadian bands. I remember one band. Uh, they're called Our Lady Peace. Really big in Canada, um, and they were doing this festival. And just through my hustle and my persistent phone calls, we managed to get on the main stage in our hometown. And it was in front of 10,000 people. That's awesome. And I was working in the mall selling jeans. And the day after that festival, kids were coming in and buying our CD in the music store in the mall, coming down and getting me to autograph the CD and then buying a pair of jeans for me. Like that, that was, and then is, I, is that the, the moment? That, like, and then I this just, is real. Yeah, like, that it is was. Cool. It was like, oh, this is something. Something's happening here. And then I remember being in this anthropology class in university, and I wasn't listening, and I was drawing bucket truck logos you know and i'm in my early 20s and and i'm like this i should be focusing on this but all i could think about was music all i could think about was this band and i dropped out of university uh very close to getting degrees and uh, getting a business degree Mm -hmm. i dropped out and we moved to halifax nova scotia because it was easier for us to tour we needed to get off the province of newfoundland um and that's hard to do when it's an island it's Mm -hmm. it's not very cost uh, effective so that was it. That was the, the moment. Uh, the band decided we moved to Halifax. The band grew and got a lot of um, very underground sort of popularity because we were heavy, but much music played our videos. That was the MTV uh, of Canada. And then I fell into this job as a music TV host because of the band. So had I not have followed that and dropped out of university and followed that, my gut, I never would have landed a job in television, which has brought me to 14 years in television. And now here in California, talking to you guys, never would have happened unless I just said against, you know, my my mother's wishes and and people. Yeah, how much pull, how much pushback did you get when you were making that decision? No, not not a lot. My parents have been very supportive, That's and cool. my mom to this day still says, "Are you gonna finish? Are you gonna yeah. finish? <laughs> Probably not." Uh, but I must say, I, has I, anyone ever asked you in the entertainment or TV world about having a degree? 
Sometimes it comes up. It's funny you say that. Really? Um, I'm surprised, actually. Well, because I've hired a lot of people, yeah, and I never ever look at their resume or where they graduated from, because really, it's truly about that person. You're right, and it's never really been an issue. But there's there's a job um, in Canada right now that I'm sort of thinking about. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's is it to be a lawyer? No. Yes. <laughs> You're going to do your fifth and life. They, and they said, do you have a, d- a degree? I said, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's a very like heavy a journalistic sort of probing show. And I have come to love doing interviews and I've done thousands of them. And I have always thought that one day I'd be, I'll be on 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's, that's what I could do one day. What about 60 Minutes? Or 60 Minutes, like an, anything like that. But this show in Canada is sort of similar to that, and there's, a, there's an opening. And one of the first questions was, so where, where, where did you go to school, and what, do you have a journalism degree? And I, was like, I went to the School of Life. I went to, exactly, <laughs> I went to the School of Life. So I'm, I'm not, I have zero regrets. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that, you know, every now and then, or if I, if I see a job opening, I'll have a look. Because, you know, I'm just, I'm a hustling musician, mm-hmm. actor, host. I'm going from gig to gig. So every now and then, if there's downtime, I'll see, well, maybe I can do a production job or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll have a look. And they always say, you know, uh, university degree or, rel- you know, equivalent experience, mm-hmm. which I have. Mm-hmm. Well, at any and given time, we could just turn the tables and you can start interviewing us. Just so you know. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> <I>? yeah. Alex <laughs> likes to speak. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, I do. But, um, in Bunker Truck, I was reading up on this. You guys yes. did like a, a pretty cool tour, right? I mean, you guys went... Talk there, about there, that. There was, a, there was a couple tours that we did, um, but one in particular was more of a. Were you guys playing out the back of a truck? And like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the, right. that's the one that like struck me when I was reading up on it. I mean, oh, you guys right. went across this... the country and all that. It just seems like that. I mean, well, and I could be wrong here, but like, was that like a big yeah, move at the early stage of the there, w- there was. Funny, I don't even know where you would have saw that. <laughs> there, was a, there was a show that we did on the back of a flatbed truck. In Newfoundland, and it was at someone's party. And this was even before we had got a song on the radio and started to get some local fame. And we 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 played on the back of a flatbed truck, um, in this like very you know um, farm like setting. And you know people were probably expecting us to get up and do traditional songs or get up and do you know covers of songs they knew and we got up and sort of you know there's six of us two Marshall amps and a drummer and a percussionist and screaming and the and the parents hated it but the kids loved it and they mm-hmm. came over and got us to autograph their their paper plates that they were getting food on mm-hmm. and that was very pivotal for us yeah yeah um, and then that led to uh, we did we toured across Canada many times um, we t- you know it wasn't I was in this band and it was and you know to me it was successful but it was we were always building towards something, but we, you know, I remember the first van we bought, we bought it from a daycare center. It was like a 1988, like Ford club wagon with pictures of cartoon pictures of kids along the side. Right. So this blacked out van with pictures of kids, <laughs> a heavy metal band inside. <laughs> and we drove it across the country and it broke down multiple times. Our first couple tours, um, we went across Canada in the winter. Anyone who's ever been to Canada in the winter is not a good time to tour across Canada. It's cold. It's icy. And our heater broke. So we went right across the coldest part of that country with no heat. We, so we would wrap ourselves in our sleeping bags to stay warm. And then we got it fixed. And then that next summer, we said, well, let's tour in the summer. And then the heater broke again, but it wouldn't turn off. <laughs> so now you're boiling to death. <laughs> so, like a sauna then we, in the van. so we would pull into a town and we would open that side of the door 
with the kids painted on the side, and we would all come out in our underwear with wet T-shirts wrapped around our heads, just trying to get some air. And, and many times the cops were called. Oh my god! So um, we never really made any money in that band. I did it for twelve years. We 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 hustled, and we always had enough money to sort of keep going. But we did everything independently, and I I sort of self managed, and we had we work with agents sometimes. Um, but we never really made any money. And in fact, the very last album we did cost us $100,000, which is too much for any band to make an album. But it wasn't just the album. It was the journey. What we did, we had found a, a record producer we really loved. He had made an album called The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused. It was a seminal album for a lot of people who are into that type of music. And for us, it was very important. And we were like, we want to work with him. And then... We reached out to him, and we he, he cost a lot of money, and we probably got, you know, shafted a little bit, but we were just so happy he returned our emails. And we flew him and his, some of his gear and his engineer to Newfoundland, and we set up in an old elementary school, and we did all the bed tracks there. And then we took the six members of the band over to Umeå, Sweden, which is nine hours north of Stockholm. And that's where his studio was. And we did the overdubs and the vocals there. And that album cost $100,000. Now, I got probably about forty dollars to $50,000 in grants and funding. The rest was um, personal loans that we took out and um, just saving from shows. And we broke up shortly after that. But that album and that story has given me a lot of um, goodwill and good karma because people know that story. People in the industry know that story. And, and it's a really great record, even though they're still in my basement. <laughs> but my point is, um, that was, even though I dropped out of university and I didn't have a student loan, that's my student loan. And I still sort of carry some of that debt. We all do a little bit. But it's the story of what I did with that band, even though we never really made money, but we made an impact on a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And people still come up to me, even though we haven't played a show in seven years. They've seen our videos. It's a little bit of a new life on YouTube. People come up to me and they'll say, you're the guy in Bucket Truck. And it's, it's because of the work I put into that that has brought me everything. Yes. You learned a lot, too. I, I, learned, I learned about... Making the jump. All, this, all, all those things. So... Everything I did in that band, I, 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 I attribute to any success that I have had or path I've gone down as a, a, a television host or, or an actor. It never would have happened unless I sort of felt I had that to break me out of what I thought I might do with my life. It's crazy. You learned how to be brave and you learned how to be in front of an audience. Absolutely. As a lead singer, that's not an easy job. To sometimes to 10,000 people and sometimes mm -hmm. to six, sometimes to the bar staff. What was it like hearing one of your songs for the first time on the radio? Yeah, it was cool. Um, we, uh, I, remember, I remember vividly, we were sitting around, six of us in one, the bass player's apartment downtown St. John's, and the radio station told us they were going to add it, and they told us exactly what time it was going to play. And it didn't come on. And we were sitting around, we were so bummed, and we were drinking too, we started getting really drunk. And uh, we were so bummed. And then... Uh, a couple hours later, it came on, and we all looked at each other like, yes. And the crazy thing is that that song, um, it ended up becoming like this top 10 hit in Newfoundland on radio, and they played it constantly. And that was the thing that sort of put us over the edge, because yeah. then when we would go play shows, all of a sudden, people said, oh, that's that band on the radio. And there was like lineups around the corner to come see us play. And like I said, people would come into the mall, and they'd come in with our posters and they, I'd sign it and and my I remember my manager getting really mad one day he's like if you can't be he should be pumped he should be like listen you're bringing business yeah in but the they door. weren't always buying <laughs> jeans <laughs> 
Um, but it was the weirdest thing, man. I, I, it was such a weird experience to be. I'd have a box, a couple boxes of CDs in the back room of this jean store. And every now and then I get a call from the music store upstairs say, hey, hey Matt, we're out of CDs. They're so loud again. I was like, I'll be right up. <laughs> so, so I great. go up with a box of CDs. <laughs> I come down. And that was my life. Like I was in, even though I was working in the mall, I was like able to sort of still be the hustling manager guy, right? And I remember doing phone calls from that store where I'd be like trying, like calling big promoters in Toronto, trying to book a shows, and then I'd I'd be on the phone, and then one person comes. Yes, that's a size seven. I have it coming up for you. One hundred percent. Someone comes and say, "Excuse me, sir, do you have a size thirty-two waist <laughs> and thirty-two inseam in these?" And I go, I, I, "I'm going to call you back." And it was hard. I mean, this is before cell phones, so you like to get them on the phone was hard enough. And I'd have like contracts for the shows being faxed into the store. Dude, what a trip! It was <laughs> that's so cool, a great man. Story. Dude, I mean, it's it's. Why you're still running, man? I mean, it's like it's having that grit, you know, and just looking for any opportunity and you know working through it in all those different you know scenarios. Yeah, but That's you you know it. you understand it, right? You know that it's like it's not always about the path that you were on or the path that you chose. You sort of just sometimes got to follow the energy or follow the signs that are put in front of you, and it can change your life. It happened with you, right? No, absolutely, it it does, and it's like, and I I'm. I don't know if I was, I think I was just born with it, but just having that a little bit of blind faith, you know, and just kind of believing it, but you need those moments. That's what's interesting about like yeah. that moment where it came on the radio or whatever. Like you've had mm-hmm. those times where, it's, where it hits and it sparks and it works. Yeah. And then you it gives kinda, you the fuel to be the hustler. You, yeah. And that gives you the time where it's like when it, it sucks out there and things aren't working yeah. and that you know that it's just, it could be one meeting, one, who knows what that is. One moment. It's going to trigger everything around. So it's just, it, it, it and really, Makes that's it easier all, for the for the bad times. And, yeah. the, and, the, and honestly, it's it's all like the, it is the journey. The journey is the journey. Yeah. You know, that's the all these moments are what makes up um, the path that we're on. And there's no end game totally. ever. Yeah. You know, it's like you might have goals along the way. But mm. but those moments, those are the one of the most memorable moments of your life. 100 percent. And, you know, that is the overwhelming theme that I took from interviewing people because I was very lucky. I got to interview everybody like anyone you can imagine I was able to sit in a room and have very long conversations with them and the and when I look back on it now and people ask me about it, the overwhelming theme was that all these artists from Alanis to to Nelly Furtado to Mariah Carey whoever they all had this this same sort of theme of certain albums or 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 certain successes is not what I chased and not what I chase and not what makes me happy it's these is the moments getting to them and I, I wouldn't be able, I, I would have to sit here for an hour to tell you how many people, the biggest film and music stars c- you can imagine, those are the things they look back on. In fact, it's the success that's made them the most unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But, it, and it, but it's challenging in the time, right? And I yeah, think and you that's don't, but the you interesting thing, especially yeah, talking to like you know, yeah. younger kids out there and see it. It's like, I mean, even now, what Lisa just said, I know 100% that is right. That is the way mm-hmm. I should look at it. I should embrace every moment, but I have a very nervous mannerism. I always want like something and I'm used to like results. And I, and I, and when you have challenging times, I don't, I don't live in the moment. I, I have to like yeah. constantly tell myself to like, this is the journey. Enjoy this time of your life yeah. because there, I know, I know you hear it so much, but it's hard. It's half the battle. I mean, I say it all the time to, um, you know, I say to my wife, even right now, I'm away from my wife and my kids because we can't really all move down to, to L.A. right now. It's not in the cards for us. We've got a, a good life in Toronto. But to, to move everybody, it would just be it would break us. Right. So th- what, the best thing for us to do right now is I'll do a little bit of hustle here and I'll go home. So my job right now is here. But half the battle when you're in this world of entertainment 
whether it's music or film or whatever, it is the hurry up and wait. And half of it is just keeping your confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have your confidence, you're not going to wake up with those ideas and you're not going to feel the, as compelled to say, I'm going to phone this person today. I'm going to email this. I'm going to email this person three times every yeah. week, this week <laughs> to make sure that happens. And when you... Oh, they're coming to get us. Yeah. yeah. They're listening. They're, li they're listening. We're about to have a moment, guys. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that is half the battle is like keeping your confidence and the belief in, in what you're doing because if you lose that... Nothing else matters yeah. then, right? And but you're absolutely right. It's it's trying to keep perspective and remember that those moments, like this moment right now, yeah. talking to you guys, like this is the best. Mm -hmm. This is so yeah. cool, and these are the things I have to try to remember that will get me to the thing that gets me paid or keeps me extra busy for a month or gets me onto the next to the next thing, you know. But you're absolutely right, and I think that that is the hardest thing about this life. Yeah. And how do you handle the downtime? Because um, we all handle it differently. Yeah. Um, I'm Lisa not, jumps on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere exotic. I might be jumping on one in two hours. Yeah. Well, the downtime for me when I'm home is a little bit easier because I got mm -hmm. my kids. Yeah. And they really, and my wife, but the kids are so demanding of my time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It really grounds me, right? They don't care what I'm doing. They don't care that, you know, I got to go hustle for something. They mm -hmm. just want me there to to do a to, to to do a YouTube video with them or, or to watch a movie or to play basketball. Um, but when I'm here and I don't have them, my downtime, uh, I, I really need to keep busy. I, I'm not good with just being with my thoughts and I need to get better at it. But I did start doing yoga, which has helped me immensely because it's more more than just the exercise. It 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 it's it, the meditation. It forces me to unplug even for an hour. Now, even when I'm doing the yoga, my mind still wanders to that email I'm waiting for or whatever it might be. But to the more I get into it, the more it, it, it forces me to unplug for a minute. And it's helped me a lot. Um, the other thing is, you know, I also have my guitar, right? So sometimes I can just pick up my guitar and I might start writing something or I might learn a new song that I, that I like. Like I just learned uh, What's Love Got To Do With It by Tina Turner a little while ago because I have history. So I salute to your dad? Uh, well, I, it was the first concert I ever went yeah, to. Yeah, mentioned. And so, you know, I'm lucky in that if I have downtime, I can maybe sometimes play a show in Toronto or I'll go to an open mic night. I need to feel like I'm creating or I'll write. Like there's, there's so many scripts that I'm, that I'm jamming on. I'll go back to them. So I, I am type A like that and it probably is borderline workaholic where I mm -hmm. feel like I need to be creating something. But I also enjoy that and it makes me feel good. So even, I mean, I, I have so many show ideas, scripted and unscripted, that are just sitting there and I've created and maybe for no other reason just to get me through a couple hours and mm -hmm. that's fine, you know? Because I could be doing drugs or out partying. Mm -hmm. But I find my solace in creating mm -hmm. wh whatever it is and, and, and even if it doesn't turn into something, it got me through something. Mm -hmm. you know it keeps I mean? your brain busy it keeps my brain busy so that's how I get through the downtime and I, you know I like watching movies and all uh, anything where I feel like um, thank goodness for Netflix right yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> how, busy brains, what, like what Netflix would I do if I couldn't like binge watch um, <laughs> Bloodlines <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well we're already through two seasons of that so <laughs> now I'm on to Stranger what is it called Stranger Things is the newest can one? I just say how much I love Linda Cardellini 
You know Linda Cardellini from Bloodline? Have you seen Bloodline yet? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched both seasons, yeah. So Linda Car- Cardellini is the best. And Which, w- which actress is she? She, she plays um, the, the sister, right? The sister oh, okay. of the family. Yeah, yeah. I forget the name in the, in the, in the, char- in the story. But um, I'm making this movie in October, and I'm trying to get her. Great. I want oh, her. Yeah. So maybe she listens to your podcast. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Hopefully um, she's a fan of Dream Jobbing. But uh, I'm like honestly, I'm trying. I'm like she's the person I want for this role. Have you got to her yet? We're we're there. We're we're okay. getting we're getting there. Um, I'm sure, we're one degree of separation. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with this town, right? Mm-hmm. So we haven't. There has been no official reach out, but we know that the people, and we're just waiting for a couple things to confirm so we can say hey. And what's the film? It's called Crown and Anchor, and it's, we're filming it in St. John's in Newfoundland. It's a it's a film about St. John's, set in St. John's, and myself. This is a, this is it's so funny. Myself and the drummer of Bucket Truck, who is now my friend, I told you about, who's an actor on Arrow. His name mm-hmm. is Michael Rowe. He plays Deadshot on Arrow. We as actors, we get a lot of scripts, and we're doing a lot of auditions. And a lot of the times, not to sound like a, a negative Nelly, but uh, sometimes we get these scripts and we don't like them. Mm-hmm. But we are putting our time into auditioning for them. And then if we get the role, we have to do it. Mm-hmm. So just like we did with the band, we wanted to make opportunities for ourselves. So we said, let's just write our own. So we wrote one with his brother. And uh, and his brother's going to direct it. And we went out and found the money for this low-budget in- indie. And no one has ever made a definitive movie set in our hometown that people have seen on international screens. There's been a, oh, that's awesome. there's been a television show, but there's never been that real gritty indie movie that will showcase the city as a character. So we found the money, and we're going to shoot it, and Mike and I are going to play the leads. It's great. Congratulations. Oh, man. That's yeah. awesome. When's it going to shoot it? October, you mentioned? Uh, right now, we're, we're looking like we're going to shoot post-October 10th. There's so like uh, so many things happening right now, like trying to like move the money over and, and, and all those little things. All the pieces need to come together. But uh, but we're hoping to get Linda Cardellini, so who knows? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Alex's that, sister and brother-in-law yeah. just did a film in his hometown. Town. Yeah, they just did a movie called, called Wish for Christmas, and uh, they shot it in our. We grew up, and I grew up on the North Shore, cool. of Boston, Georgetown, Massachusetts, and so yeah, it was really cool. It's shot in my my dad was a pastor, and so shot in the church and shot in our old high school, and it was cool. The whole town came to support it, so it was really cool. Like, Amazing. Opened up every you know nook and cranny they needed. So. And they same thing. They were the you know um, Alexis is an actress, yeah. and they were looking for opportunities, so they created the created it themselves. Yeah, and yeah. and it was fun going into a. Um, we did a screaming on Sunday night, and to see. Yeah, Universal they, they, as Pure the Flix open. and Universal got bought it. So, Amazing. Yeah, so just, I mean, watching. My sister sent me this uh, little text message, and it was just the open that she was playing off her laptop. Yeah. And, and the music just of like, Universal. Yeah, it was just Universal like, coming on. And oh, I, so cool. I mean, listening to her in the back, I'm so proud of her on so many, because I've seen, I've watched that girl has been through hell and back over the last like 20 years, yeah. like trying to get and where she's finally hitting it, you know, and listening to her talk and her other the girlfriend who's next to her is this girl, Lorena York, who also has been an actress in this town and listen to them talk in the back. I'm like, can you believe it? Like she went to universal set when she was like 12 years old with my parents. And she was like, that's why I want to be an actress. Amazing. And it's been like, she dropped out of college freshman year, Amazing. moved out here at 19 and just has been working, working. And then when she, made that pivot to be a producer and I'm going to create my own opportunity. And that's been a, you know, that's been a road, but they're seeing, you know, starting to see great success. It's cool. Uh, two, two things. One, I, I've heard it said very often, certainly for actors, but I think this couldn't bleed over to a lot of different disciplines. The, the best thing you can do for yourself is to create work when there's no work. You mm-hmm. have to create your own. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would say, wh- how old is your sister? She's probably 34, 35, really? 36. Yeah. What color hair does she got? Black, brown. Would you mind? Interesting. And she's yeah. still acting. 
Oh yeah, she acts on all her stuff. I mean, yeah, she's in leads of all her stuff. Because you know, we might not get Linda Carlini. <laughs> all right. Yeah, she's awesome. She's, and this she's is great. like this is how this is the this way is how I like how the world works when this <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. So I'm gonna ha- yeah. we'll have to IMDb her later. Absolutely. And 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 we'll connect her and I'll have to check this out. Yeah, this is cool. Really is, she good, is she good with accents? Could she do an accent? Probably. I mean, she's pretty. She's really good. She's really good. Does, um, does she have a thick Boston accent like you? No. No. He doesn't have it anymore. He had to go to uh, speech, speech, speech pathologist. Yeah, yeah, but he had to go speech pathologist. <laughs> <She> probably, <laughs> it's kind of funny that I don't remember she her have having a big one. Yeah. Well, it's the same with yeah. me. The, the Newfoundland accent is very strong. There's, mm-hmm. It's it's very much like England where you have a lot of different accents. And mine is very neutral. I sound very neutral American right now, mm-hmm. but that's because I've been in televisions for so long and doing voiceover and what have you. But the Newfoundland accent is sort of a mix of the Irish and English accent. So... At home, there's different variations, but you know, people really they kind of talk like this. And they talk really fast, right? So it's it's kind of got a bit of an accent. Now you don't always have to ac- have the accent, right? But it's kind of like, how's it going, boys? Nah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. So there might have to be a little bit of that, and she'd yeah. have to watch some videos to try yeah. to, to to sound local, because we you know we want to try to cast a lot of local people in the movie too, right? But if we can't find someone, and your sister could do a, an accent and look like she and feel like she was from Newfoundland. Yeah. Well, and she I, looks very Scottish, so she's okay. She's Scottish. Looks, yeah. Scottish descent. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, we'll to, be continu- to be continued. Are you casting and uh, finding um, a crew by your friend's website in in Canada? Yeah. So um, I, I started working with a company. Uh, well, I helped develop a company called Straight Kill Films in mm-hmm. Toronto, and this is how you and I started yep. chatting because it's very similar to what you guys are doing. Um, I met this actor uh, named Matthew Bennett in Toronto. Um, he was actually playing my daughter's dad on set of The Strain, which is a Guillermo del Toro show. That's how I met Matthew. His uh, daughter, how old is she, nine, Sophia? She's, she's ten. Ten, and she's doing a lot of films. Yeah, she's, well, I should have yeah, the, the, short, the yeah. short form. She, she, she has better resume than me. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be in our in our movie in St. John's, too. So uh, what we did, uh, Matthew brought this script to me uh, that he'd written, um, set in Toronto, and we both just started getting to know each other, and we, we sort of came to the conclusion that through our careers there had been someone we very pivotal who helped set us on our path, and how important that was. You know, for me, um, it was the it was the host of the show that I eventually hosted. Uh, he was a guy named his name is Mike Campbell. He was a very famous TV uh, music TV host in Canada. Ended up in Halifax, and um, he was leaving the show, and he pushed for me to get the job. And had that not have happened, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I owe a lot. To, to Mike for doing that and he also supported our band a lot so anyway Matthew had, had a similar story so we thought well if we're going to make a movie why don't we try to make room in the filmmaking process to give people maybe a chance to have that same thing happen to them so instead of just going out and doing regular casting we decided let's try to build an audience for the movie before we even go to camera by letting people who would never usually get an audition for a feature film audition even if they don't have agents, by sending us um, a self-tape. But we would take those self-tapes and put them on our website and let everybody else see them. So we put one What's set... What's the website called again? Uh, straightkillfilms.com. Mm-hmm. So we put one set of sides up, same for male and female, and let everybody interpret it a different way. And we started getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of submissions. It started taking off really fast. And then because Matthew and I had, had done some work and, and people sort of know our names a little bit in Canada, we started getting national press. So all of a sudden, people started realizing that there was this opportunity to be in a feature film. And how fun was it when you first started watching the audition tapes? It, it, blew, it was so humbling. Yeah. It was so humbling. And then we opened up to musicians to be on the soundtrack. So then we started getting music submissions. And it, it, it was almost as crazy as the actors. So what we realized 
is that this was almost more about the movement than it was about the movie. Mm -hmm. We realize that there's so many people out there hustling for an opportunity and that you usually in this business need credits on your resume to get credits on your resume. Yeah. (laughs) And we started seeing people who had never auditioned before, someone who just thought I could do this, and they were great. So we went through the process for about six months. We, We sort of... From from the general public, people who are checking out our website on Twitter, social media, they would sort of say, "I like this person. I like this person," and then we whittle it down to like thirty. And along the way, we would profile people. We we would have you know we had a social media person who would reach out and we would profile these people and give them a profile on our website so they could promote it. Mm-hmm. Might have been the first time they had someone interview them, and then people started getting agents and started getting jobs. And one young girl, her name's um, Melina Henke. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. She's from small town Ontario, 16 years old. She she read the sides and the synopsis of the movie and wrote an original song and sent it to us, and it blew our minds. So we profiled so her. Incredible. That's awesome. So incredible. Awesome. It's so, so much talented. like what we're doing. So Isn't that awesome. cool? Yeah. And then we got a call from a, uh, a music manager <laughs> in L.A., and he said, tell me about this girl. And anyway, fast forward a year later, he's flown her down to L.A. three times. She signed a management deal with him. And she's she, he's had her to Nashville and trying to to now work with her, all because she submitted to our website. So how rewarding is that? I'm I'm yeah. getting goosebumpy right now, and yeah. I know you guys get it. I know yeah. you get it because it's exactly We've what been you're doing, doing it. which is why we connected last yeah. night. You know, and um, it's the, the crazy thing is that we haven't made the movie yet, right? Because the this movement became the thing. So we wanted to develop keep developing that. So to answer your question. Um, yes, I think what we're going to do, um, we haven't figured it out yet, but I, I think that we're going to do a sort of powered by straight kill films. Mm-hmm. We will open up this opportunity to people in, in St. John's, Newfoundland to potentially either have a song in the soundtrack or act or be part of the crew. Um, you know, obviously we can't fill it with all unknown people, but we want to make room in the process for people who need and want an opportunity. So mm-hmm. yeah, so through str- and, and many people out there need and want opportunities. Th- mm-hmm. And that was exactly how it started because that's what I needed and I w- it wouldn't mm-hmm. happen unless this Mike Camel guy mm-hmm. gave me one, right? So we're going to we are going to do that. We're going to find a way um, that we can sort of powered by Straight Kill Films offer this opportunity to people in in St. John's as well because Straight Kill Films became uh, it was it was a film that was going to be done in Toronto. But we knew that it had a wider reach. So the, all of a sudden, this opportunity came along, and, Ma- and Matthew Bennett and I, Matthew, who, who wrote the script and, and came up with Straight Kill Films, we, we've been talking about it. So we do want to do that to sort of just show that there's a way to do it. Yeah, so to, to answer your question uh, in a very long way, which I'm really good mm-hmm. at doing, uh, that, yeah, we're going to do I that. I didn't say you. that. Someone else <laughs> um, But I'm excited, though, to talk more because I think there's a real opportunity in Canada. And, um, and Matt and I were talking about potentially trying to do a dream jobbing series up in Canada. Well, and one well, of the episodes could be your yeah, new feature film. For sure. We could do Find a PA. 100%. What, what you guys are doing is, I mean, it's a, it's a much larger, grander idea of, of what we just did for a film. And it's, to be honest with you, when you told me about it, I was like, how come nobody's done that yet? You know, like, it's, it's such a great idea. And, and that's what I realized. And what we talked about was that there's so many people out there mm-hmm. who just need someone to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're not talented. It's just unfortunate. That's the way this world works is who do you know yeah. or how you connected. And or if did, you grew up yeah. in a small town. How, how are you going to know about the opportunity? Exactly. How are you going to get into that opportunity? It's, exactly. it's a super, and if you're it's a, a kid challenge. from a small, a small town, which exactly. you are, like uh, you, you don't have those connections. 
you know, and especially exactly. LA, LA is built on connections. And if exactly. you're a really talented kid who has a dream, a purpose, and you, you're, you know, you're, you're living in Oklahoma, how are you possibly going to get yeah, in? Exactly. You know, so we're giving people the, the keys to the kingdom to at least have access to get in. Exactly. And then what they do with it after that is up to them. And as I'm sure you guys have, have realized, is as soon as you launch this thing, you realize how many people would gravitate to something like this because they're just looking for their chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Our right. first one, I'll, I will never forget, the first one was to be a social buzz reporter on air for VH1. Uh, here in the States. And, you know, at that point, you know, this was all in Lisa and I's head, right? And, and Burton and, and we'd built this platform out and we had gotten, you know, fortunately some great, you know, partners on board like VH1 and CBS. But that first one was just like, you know, you launched this thing and they fortunately, we, we went live on, in Times Square to promote it and all those, it's just like, it's better work. You know what I mean? And then all, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden you start seeing the submissions come in and it was, it was awesome. It just blew and, up and after And from there. there, it's just, you know, it's just been a, a crazy wild ride for the last, you know, two years. And, yeah, it, and it's still I building, it's still growing. And Lisa and I are still grinding away. But um, I, I love day, it. Those I'm, videos are like literally like that. Lisa and I tell each other a lot is, is like go back. Lisa's really good at it. It's like watch every video. Like, because that, if there's any inspiration out there to keep yeah. fighting how hard it is to get a startup going and get it off the ground and everything we're doing, was watching them like every one of these is plenty of people who do not get chosen yeah still are using that and somehow parlaying into another opportunity for so sure there's, there's we're only seeing like a piece of the opportunities that people are landing out there yeah i'm and sure know, it's the exact same thing with yeah you. for sure well you know it, right now in straightkillfilms.com there is an existing playlist a soundcloud playlist where if you are someone who's at work or whatever and you just want to like like tune out while you're doing your work and have music play you can literally press play on this playlist and I think it's only 30 or 35 songs based on the, like, maybe over a 1,000 that we would have gotten in that time. Wow. Um, and I curated it based on what people were saying and just based on my musical background, like, what I thought worked for the film. And I, there's there's some underground Toronto hip-hop there that I was embarrassed I'd never heard. And this is coming from someone who was a music mm-hmm. journalist <laughs> for 10 yeah. years. And I was embarrassed I hadn't heard it. So the, you could literally go to Straight Kill Films, go to that SoundCloud player, and press play, and you will enjoy every song. And it's all different genres of artists you have never heard of. Wow! Right? And and how? And cool. all the, all the best art, all the best music, all the best talent is the stuff that in our li- lives we'll probably never even yeah. know about. I know. Isn't that even, scary? Right. Yeah. So that's why what you got, I'm such a fan of what you guys are doing, and I can't wait to see it, um, you know, grow into what it's going to become. But it's like, this is what the world is about. It's about creating opportunities for people and 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 you quickly realize how many people want to work hard for that opportunity mm-hmm. they just and then don't watching have them it. shine and watching, there's nothing yeah. better than watching them shine and the stories i mean we're storytellers that's why we do this podcast but the stories are limitless i mean we just had 16 young people who would never have gotten the opportunity to work for the olympic games in rio that's insane like as someone who's a super fan of the olympics like that is just incredible that these young men and women are able to make an application video on dream jobbing and you know two weeks later a month later they're they're all in rio right now about to work for the on the biggest stage in the world yeah it's incredible Mm -hmm. really incredible you guys are going to take over the world with this thing (laughs) we hope so we're trying we're working really hard to do so (laughs) so what i would say and i would say we have we um when things are you know, it's it's literally twenty four seven all the time. We have a small team, but you know, I always say that it, it's bigger than us now. You know, it's we have an obligation to do this because mm-hmm. we have an ob- obligation to um, create opportunities and mentor 
kids and and it could be people looking for a second chance really too around the world so it's it's no longer it's it's much bigger than alex and i i mean we really truly have an obligation um to work really hard and create as many opportunities as we possibly can well it's it's that exact attitude is why you're supposed to be doing this mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: When this becomes massive, and I, I knew want, at some point he was going to turn it around, and I you were not joking around. It literally turned into. Uh, and I want to get a job at Dream Jobbing. Do I have to go through your website? To no, get, you're going to gonna, get, you're going to be the host of the like Dream Jobbing TV the host series of the TV show. You in must Canada. Knock on Lisa's door, walk up to the food lounge, and so I, I will have to say my dream job is to work for Dream Jobbing and go through your website. Like I can. No, you okay. have a quick end. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, seriously, I really, I'm really hoping that we can do a dream jobbing TV series in Canada. Have you as the host, and then we go across Canada yeah. and come up with these incredible dream jobs to be, you know, someone who works for the yeah. The we Toronto want this Flyers international. Or, we've done some stuff internationally so far, but we're 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 itching to do more. We're making emails tomorrow. We're yeah, emails exactly, tomorrow exactly. It's gonna happen. It's gonna mm-hmm. happen, and this will be the moment. This will be our moment yes. that we'll talk about <laughs> on another podcast. Yes. <laughs> So through all these, I mean, from band to TV, you know, to to music journalists and TV and, and filmmaking and, and now acting, and your pl- acting and the platform. Um, what's your biggest passion? Like, where's where's it all? Or is it just is it a little bit? Because what I what I love about hearing all the stories, I think this is a little bit of producer brains. It's like you got a lot of stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? And you get to kind of so or a lot of talent. I think well, a lot of hustle. Mm-hmm. I, I, you I th- can't have hustle without talent. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I work really hard at those things. Like, I, I taught myself how to play guitar. I'm not a great guitar player, but I, I taught myself, you know. Um, but thank you for saying it. I'll, I'll take a little bit of that. I got to take, give my ego a little yeah. stroke. I'm pretty good at some yeah. stuff. And it was your birthday yesterday. We have to, my, we have to be kind. It was my birthday yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, I think when if I had to think about it, because I do have people ask me a lot, you know, especially when I do like just general meetings here in California, people say, so what is it you want to do? Yeah. Um, I you know I just I want to do things that are that are fun and I want to do things that are cool whether it's acting whether it's music or whatever but if I had to pick one I think it would be uh, the the acting slash performing as a musician on stage because they're they're both from the same school of of emotion you know you're you're what if you're a songwriter you, you take this song and there's a certain amount of feeling or emotion that has come from creating it and then you perform it different every time and it sort of comes through you on stage and I love that feeling. Whether it's at an open mic night, whether it's at a, you know, at a show where there's 200 people, whatever it is. But I get that same feeling from acting. Now, I, I felt it m- more doing plays than I have just doing like episodic television where maybe I'm just a walk-on and I'm just in one episode and it's really just about being a day player coming and hitting your mark well, and you hit, like the energy your line That's I, li- like, yeah, I like, like, like the, the energy, energy of the audience so um I I think that the the performance part of it is what I'm most passionate about and I feel like when I walk away from that even if it's a play and you know there's this great um, thing I've been doing in Toronto when I'm there. It's called. A, it's just a Monday night acting group that's been happening for like 25 years, and nobody really knows about it. It was like kind of like Fight Club. You know, someone kind of whispered it to me, and it's like, yeah, but you can't really tell anybody. <laughs> I said, you have to get me into this thing. I said, yeah, well, you have to come, and I don't really. They, you got to get up, and if they like you, I'm like, oh my god, I have to go to this thing because <laughs> so, they will like me, right? They will love me. <laughs> so, so I went and I sat for a couple a couple Mondays in a row, and everybody throws five bucks in, and you either bring in a prepared scene or there's there's this guy who has been his well-known actor and he he's been doing this for 20 years and he's every, there every Monday night and he casts people in the room with 
with a, with a side or a scene from a movie or a play, and people get up and do a cold read, and it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. These people are amazing, and it's a cold read. So then, I got up, and, and the first night I got up, they gave me a scene from True Romance, which was easy for me because I'm a Tarantino guy, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this. I've seen that movie a thousand times. So I did a scene from True Romance, and I did a really good job, and everybody like so. And then at the end of the night, everyone goes up to a bar upstairs. And everybody was like, oh, that was really good, man. Way, way to go. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, can I come back? Like, yeah, come back anytime. So I started going every Monday night when I could. Um, and I would get a better feeling from that than, you know, uh, hosting some sort of pilots that I was doing for television. As much as I enjoyed that, it was the feeling I got from that. And then perform and playing my guitar. So it's the things that really make me no money, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Doing a play or whatever, playing, you know, with my guitar that I feel the best, you know? So that, so everything else kind of fuels that. If I can pay my bills and, and do everything else, as long as I can always go, play my guitar for somebody or go and somehow perform as an actor, um, that's, what, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's what I've, you know, my now my 39 years on this planet, what I've come to realize what I love doing the most and what makes me the happiest is just performing somehow, which is probably why I talk a lot too, mm-hmm. right? And he did bring his guitar. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Should we pull out the guitar? Yeah, right let's now? pull it out. Let's do it. Am I going to play a song? Yeah. I think if you could. I don't know how the audio is going to be, but... but well, we'll uh, make it work. We'll, we'll. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, what, what's the name of um, the, the country singer you guys know? We were... Oh, uh, Kalish Ryder? Yes. Okay, wait. I'll, I'll talk when I come back with the microphone. Um, He's getting his guitar as we speak. This is a... That's it. That's his. Uh, it's um, Matt carries that with him everywhere. Yes, just in case someone. Just asks in case. Can, <laughs> can I tell you? So starting a few years ago, yeah. every year I was trying to pick something new up. Yes. Right. So, got into sailing. I Meaning like, a, new, get my, a new skill. I mean, yeah, a new skill. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, anyway, got my scuba diving license, got my sailing whatever certification license, and the guitar was my one from last year. And a good buddy of mine bought me a guitar, and I still haven't learned. I was like, all right, by last Christmas, I was supposed to be able to play one song. And it's the first time I've failed at, like, my new skill. Uh, So anyway, it's, like, it's bugging me because I feel like... I don't know, to be a cool guy, you kind of got to play the guitar. <laughs> Especially like you, like a surf do- guy, like by the Yeah, it's like I surf, fire. I, can, I can sail a boat now. It's like, if I can just throw a guitar into that mix, <laughs> man. Now you got the beard. You're like a quadruple <laughs> fly, baby. Yeah, you can just carry the guitar around. <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be the worst. Then someone's like, <laughs> play. Poser, I'll, dude. I'll probably stand up near the mic. Okay. Yeah, we can, we, we can put the mic a little bit closer yeah. to it, too. Um, so this is what I want to say. Kalisha is her name? Kalish. 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 So I'm going to play a song that is kind of new. But I've been thinking that um, it needs a female voice. Oh. I was thinking about recording the song, but it needs a female voice. It's kind, of, it's kind of a love song. And maybe you can play for Kalisha. Yeah. If she likes it, yeah. you can connect us, and we'll record we, it, and she'll and she'll be the, the female voice on it. Yeah. We'll connect we should you connect regardless. you regardless. Yeah. And uh, you should, while you're in town, you should. I need to do a dinner party soon. You should, yeah, maybe this weekend. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, he's leaving Maybe town. Days, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa, put you on the spot here on the podcast. Be okay. I'm going to play this as kind of a, a quiet one, but you, you think this audio is good? Or yeah, what's, what, do, what do you yeah. call it? This is called String Me Along. <clears throat> Maybe I'll use a pick a little bit here. Okay. <clears throat> Matt Wells, String Me Along. I'd cover you, I'd cover you, I would cover you. 
your heart was an open chord I would play you if you want me to I'd take all your rhymes and your schemes Your metaphors like dreams I'd lose myself to the thirst Of your perfect second verse a song you'd speak to me you'd speak to me you would speak to me like no other song i've heard it's your phrasing that would set me free you'd get stuck in my head each time i'd sing harmony to my favorite line you'd hook me with your melody but it's your feel that would really get to me if you were a song and I'd want you to string me along yes I would yes I would yes I would and I Yes, I would, yes, I would, if you were a song. La la la, la la la, la 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 la
thank you, thank you. I wish I would have known you when I was executive producing oh, Rockstar. He awesome. would have been he would have been a winner. I told you. Would have, you. you would have beat out JD Fortune I for the Halifax. I would come at least maybe third or fourth. I wanted to be on that show so bad. <laughs> you are amazing, man. That was thank a really that was great awesome. song. Yeah, really cool song. So that second verse, I feel like it needs to be a girl singing and then have that female voice also in the choruses. Yeah, it'd be beautiful. Right, so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe your your pal. Oh, maybe maybe we'll do a little dinner party on Sunday and yeah, connect the dots. Well, you've got recording gear. We can record. Oh my head, yeah, <laughs> that'd be oh, amazing. Turn into our concert. <laughs> I'm leaving the Boodle on Yeah, that's a new twist for the Boodle yeah, I love that. Um, so Matt, where can we follow you on on uh, social media? Where can our followers, um, listeners? find you yeah, so um on how, twitter where can, where can agents find you where yes, can casting where, directors yes, where can they come <laughs> find me <laughs> um i'm on twitter at matt a wells so it's uh, it's just the dumbest thing it's everyone goes oh matt a wells my middle name is alexander so i put matt a wells so anyway matt a wells m-a-t-t-a wells at uh, twitter same on instagram and i'm on facebook too i think it's like matt alexander wells i'm all over the place okay great and if people want to find you on YouTube, they can uh, they it, can Google uh, Matt Wells Cabo Wabo, yeah, <laughs> which I found with, last night. They can see me singing with Sammy Hagar <laughs> on stage, dream, one of the dreams of my life. Um, After drinking some Cabo Wabo tequila. Yeah, you know, if you search on YouTube Matt Wells or even Lazy Bones, you can find me playing a lot of these songs. Um, and if you want to check out uh, Straight Kill Films, too, it's uh, at Straight Kill. Uh, straightkillfilms.com and then at straightkillfilms inc on twitter i think but i could be wrong but google it you'll find it great and <laughs> you have a new a new short film coming up with your daughter yeah it's called poison in the water and that's um at p-i-t-w short film so poison in the water short film on twitter and you can follow along we just submitted it at the film festivals it's brand new just finished it um but uh it's it's pretty good man my daughter's a superstar my daughter is actually like she has 5,000 Instagram followers. So really? crazy. That's, That's crazy. Oh, and she's 10. Gosh, 10. That's crazy. I have That's like awesome. 410. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're it's, it's not, she's awesome. She's, she's awesome. Super, cool. super cutie. Super cool. I also have a son, Hayden. I better say his name in case he's listening. Okay. He's, he's, he's going to be a professional wrestler when he grows up. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to, uh, hopefully one day soon, we'll head over to Toronto. Yes. Definitely. And uh, have more chats and better, better and meet still, the family. I think we should go to Newfoundland and do the podcast in my mom's kitchen okay uh, that's I good i love it that's I good i love it <laughs> that's what we should do <laughs> what do we drink in newfoundland is it like a whiskey or like a yeah well there's a couple things that you could drink definitely whiskey's one um there's a there's a rum called screech and that sounds dangerous it's it's like motor oil um but it's uh, sort of a native um native drink there although <laughs> It's it's a Jamaican rum that through the years just got a Newfoundland label slapped on it, so we sort of adopted <laughs> totally it. Totally random. <laughs> but anyway, we could do another hour some other time about the history of Newfoundland. But it's a place you should visit. It's it's truly unique. It's mm-hmm. um I would say it's like the New Orleans of Canada. Like it's you go there and you feel like you're in a different planet. It's it's a beautiful, unique place. You should definitely go. I think we should do this podcast in my mom's kitchen. Sounds great. I love you, it. You had us at travel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to, to chat with you guys. I really appreciate yeah, it's it. Yeah, good. Thanks for everyone uh, listening, and we'll be back next week. Cheers, everyone.